Welcome. My name is Cody Smith, and this is the Create Yourself Podcast. This is the source for actionable information around fitness, nutrition, business, or just weekly inspiration. I want to take this opportunity to thank you for spending some time with me today and allowing me to pay it forward to you. Podcasts and free resources like this literally changed my life, and I hope it does the same for you. That is why each week I bring you interesting conversations that give you strategies, mindsets, and skill sets that can help you to create yourself. Now sit back and relax, and let's grow together. What is up, you guys, and welcome back to the Create Yourself Podcast. Um, Guys, this is going to be a a great episode today. I had the honor and privilege to interview both Raf and uh, Lachlan from the Mind Muscle Project podcast. Um, I've actually been following these guys for a long time. And and what's been really interesting about following them has been their journey is very similar to mine, right? Like originally starting in CrossFit, into gym ownership, into owning multiple businesses, into rebranding and transitioning out of solely being a CrossFit gym as their only offering. Uh, the, the, the similarities of these, these two guys and myself were just overwhelming and I knew I had to get them on the show and I knew I had to, uh, interview them and ask them some questions. So today is just that we jump into entrepreneurship. We jump into running businesses, influences and growth and change inside of their life. We jump into transitioning from, uh, solely doing CrossFit as your only fitness modality and then moving into something else. I mean, just a great conversation and I'm just excited for you guys to listen to it today. Now, as always, do me a favor before we jump in the show. I want you to go ahead and take a screenshot on your phone. I want you to tag both the Mind Muscle Project guys and I in it. They are at the Mind Muscle Project on Instagram, and I am at Coach Cody Smith. Uh, now, as always, the reason why I ask you to do that is because this show is all about creating impact and giving as much free value to people as possible. Only way that we can do that is if we reach more people and we uh, can continue to affect more people in a positive manner. So uh, go ahead and do that for me. Take that screenshot, post on your Instagram story, tag us both. And without any further ado, I'm going to go ahead and bring the guys on and we'll talk to you next time. All right. And welcome back to the Create Yourself podcast. You guys, today is an absolute treat. I am joined uh, by the guys from the Mind Muscle Project. Uh, we were just talking briefly before I hit the record button here, and I've been following them for a good amount of time. And, and, and what I'm super curious about and uh, something I'm really interested in uh, with this conversation in particular is that uh, these guys and myself have been walking through a, a similar pattern here. So I'm just super excited for you guys to get in and hear their story today. Um, so guys, how's it going today? Yeah, we're going good. Awesome, man. We're pumped. Yeah, it's uh, it's kind of a warm, sunny day, but uh, we've got a we've got some bushfires, serious bushfires in Sydney, Australia at the moment. So we're just kind of working our way through that. Not that we can do much about it, but um, that's all right. Climate change is is not real. <laughs> I'm just kidding. Not real, but seriously, uh, it's funny. You know, here in I live in Washington State, and there's like during the summer every year, it's like the entire state just catches on fire for like two or three months, and this is really like the first year we didn't have a lot of like crazy brush fires and stuff like that. So um, right. people were complaining about like the, you know, it being cold and stuff like that. And I'm like, guys, we haven't been inhaling smoke for like two or three months. It's kind of a good thing. So yeah. Uh, yeah. Is it, so this isn't something typical that goes on out there. I mean, we get pretty bad bushfires, but this is like the worst it's ever been. Yeah. Like they're going to burn. Yeah. They're going to burn for months. And like the, the air quality is like horrendous and uh, it's, it hasn't affected the gyms. Thankfully, um, but we've we've banned like running outside and stuff in mm-hmm. the really bad days and that sort of thing. Yeah, when it when it uh, when it got pretty smoky out here, we had to like you know in Washington, not everybody has air conditioners, right? So like we usually we pretty much rely on that outside air, and uh, we had to keep the doors closed and everything. And, and you know, if, but then like the smoke would get inside the building, and I was like, well, what do you mm-hmm. do? Do you keep it open or you keep it closed? We we're kind of just mm-hmm. playing that line. Mm-hmm. Um, but anyways, man, so I, I really want to jump into. I mean, and. You know, whoever wants to take the questions, absolutely, you guys can decide. But um, I'm really curious. Uh, I, well, before we jump into any of the other questions, like, um, what's your background, guys? Like, how did you get to where you're doing now? I mean, podcasting, gym ownership, like, where does that all begin? Uh, for me personally, so we started six years ago. Uh, we started in 2014, I guess, the, the business. Um, mm-hmm. When we started the first, it was a CrossFit gym. Uh, and then before that, I was just coaching CrossFit. I was studying uh, at university, uh, and that was really the only fitness I'd done. 
uh, was just a bit of CrossFit coaching and, and just doing a lot of fitness and sports myself. Mm. Cool. Yeah, that's cool. that was Raf, by the way. In, in case sometimes our voices sound pretty similar, and, yeah. and I'm lucky. And um, yeah, I mean, for for me, it was similar. I was studying. Raf was studying law. I was studying um, exercise physiology. We're at the same uni, opposite ends of the campus. And yeah, we we met through a mutual friend, uh, former business partner, who um, kind of introduced us, and we all got into the training together. And then we just thought. You know, there's a little bit of entrepreneurial, entrepreneurial blood on each side. So we wanted to kind of start a gym and we've always, always talked about it. And CrossFit, obviously, we're doing it at the time and it was all the rage and everyone was opening gyms and we didn't want to miss the, uh, miss the bus on that one. So we jumped on and yeah, I guess here we are today. We started the podcast about uh, how, how many months into the gym? It was like six months. Yeah, we normally say October. Yeah. Yeah. You and I were like big podcast fans. So I think um, I always tell people that, uh, I recently got a, got back on the iPhone bandwagon, and Welcome I back. was able to thank you. And I was <laughs> able to uh, resync up my podcasting app. And the last episode I was listening to was like Joe Rogan one one seventy eight or something. So I'd been listening to podcasts for a very long time. Raf listened to the Paleo Solution, I think, even before like it was on a podcasting platform. It was like on his website. So for us, it was yeah, we just saw the opportunity to do something that we love um and yeah that's that's how we started the podcast and now we haven't missed a week for five years so uh, yeah it's I, know I, was, journey. I was going through your uh your shows your, I, obviously i go and i listen to like shows of the guests that i'm gonna have on and luckily i've been listening to you guys for a little bit as well but i was scrolling back and i was like holy crap like you guys got like you know 250 episodes or something crazy like that mm. um that's a that's a, a very crazy amount of production that's uh super <laughs> pumped to you know, here I am trying to struggle to get one in per week and you guys are doing amazing. Um, and that's funny you guys say that about podcasting too, because like literally in the intro of this show, um, I, I, I literally say like podcasting changed my life, it changed how I approach business, it changed how I approach nutrition and fitness. Um, and it's cool to see the, like literally this show was born out of that mindset of like, look, you know, this changed me. I want to give that outward to people as well, uh, especially when you have information to give. So um, now that being said, like, uh, and, and Raph, you can take this one first and then Lachlan, you can jump in after that. Like, um, how did you find your way into CrossFitting? Like, I mean, was it something that, um, like for me, I read it in a magazine and I was like, oh, it looks dumb. Let's try it out. Right. Like, um, <laughs> how did you make your way into it? And then obviously take it into a career. Yeah, well, I was finishing up playing rugby. Um, so I was kind of just looking for the next thing. And I started to do a little bit of just body composition training, I guess, um, right. like really for the first time, putting more effort into like my diet and um, get my training on point. And that was a bit, bit boring. Um, it probably wasn't really what I was after because it was like training less and it was more just like getting your diet right uh, and not as exciting compared to like the athletic training I was doing before mm -hmm. um, preparing for rugby. Uh, and then I watched uh, Graham Holmberg and Rich Froning do like day in the life of like the fittest man or whatever. I think Graham Holmberg was actually the fittest man in that video. Mm. Um, and it was just like epic day of training. I'm like, this is, this is more likely than like the three days a week of like body part split um, that I'm doing at the moment. Right. And then Rory, um, our old business partner, he was already doing CrossFit with Lachlan. Um, so he basically brought me down to the gym and, and ripped in. And because I've been training my whole life, you, you know, you pick it up quick and it's, it's basically fun from the outset because you already kind of can do the sport. Right. Um, so like straight away, I'm like, Oh, this is so fun because, you know, I used to just compete against myself uh, in training and now I can compete against everyone else. Right, right, right. Yeah, for me, the it was actually kind of funny. I was into, I was kind of the opposite. I, I was into the body uh, body split training routine, like traditional bodybuilding stuff. Uh, but I, I was really enjoying it. And um, I had a friend come over from the US and he said, hey, you know, I'm trying this CrossFit thing. I'm really enjoying it. And at the same time, I had a friend from school who also had just started as a personal trainer. And he was also doing this CrossFit thing. And they both convinced me. And I said, okay, we'll, we'll, we'll tee up a session. We'll do a session. So we did, a, we did a session at a personal training studio, which is like the most inappropriate, like poorly equipped <laughs> studio to do a CrossFit session. So I did my first CrossFit session. And uh, I think it was maybe some like dumbbell thrusters and burpees and something. If I can get some weird memories going, <laughs> revisiting this story. But anyway, so we finished the workout. And I remember getting at the end of the workout and going, no, nah, no, nah, we, we like didn't hit enough chest. So like we ended up hitting like more chest at the end of the workout. Uh, but something in me there was like, oh, I think there's more to this. Like even though we didn't, I didn't in completely enjoy it, then I started looking into it a bit more. You know, I uh, ended up doing a few more sessions. I started doing some research online. I love to like research things pretty heavily. 
And then I think I'd watched pretty much every, I think I got a subscription to the journal, the, the CrossFit journal, because that was like where all their content was back in the day. And watched like pretty much every Carl Paoli's Kelly Starrett collaboration <laughs> video yeah. before um, I even stepped into my first CrossFit gym. So I had watched, man, probably like hundreds of hours of, of CrossFit before I'd even gone to an affiliate. Um, and then, yeah, I just thought, bit the bullet, was training a bit by myself, was going, yeah, I have no idea what I'm doing. And then um, just typed CrossFit into the Google Maps and there was one kind of 10 minutes away. So yeah, I joined in and then like, it was crazy because I always remember walking into that gym for the first time. It's just, I couldn't find it. It's like underneath a shop in this like storage <laughs> warehouse where like most CrossFit gyms started. It's just not what you were used to when you were looking for a gym. You know, you're thinking retail front, that sort of thing. And I thought I was in the wrong area. I'm pretty sure there was like some housing commission and stuff around there. So it just didn't feel right. But I remember when I walked in, it felt very right. Like there was rings hanging from the roof. There was like big open mats. There was barbells on the wall. There was heaps of dudes with their shirts off. Even though I felt kind of intimidated, I did know like, hey, this is where I need to be. So and the rest is history from there. Yeah, it's always funny, like a, a lot of like a old school CrossFitters, like they come from the same journey, right? Like, you know, uh, doing the body part split. And, and it's funny, you're like, hey, man, I need to go hit more chest because I, I literally remember a good friend of mine that helped me get into uh, doing CrossFit in the first place. He was kind of like one day he'd always come over and like, hey, man, do this workout with me. And I'm like, I'm like, no, nah, man, my chest is really sore from doing X, Y, Z. And he's like, <laughs> he always used to crack jokes. Like, uh, like, is that what you're going to tell the terrorists when they come? You can't do this workout because you did chest yesterday. <laughs> uh, so it's, the stories are always super funny. Um, yeah. So, you know, fast forward a little bit. You guys get, you're doing CrossFit and, and then uh, you two meet and then deciding to go into to gym ownership. What, like, where did that come from? Uh, what kind of inspired you guys to do that? Um, well, I had always wanted to open a gym, um, mm-hmm. so I had been like a golfer for quite a long time, but the truth is without the CrossFit thing really getting going, it was pretty unrealistic as well. Like it was a, it's a pretty long term cause it's so expensive to open a gym and, um, there weren't many like small independent to open gyms. A commercial fitness. Yeah. yeah. Like yeah. this wasn't, wasn't really a thing. So I, I kind of had in the back of my head cause there were, I had seen like garage gyms in the States, which had, were like predated CrossFit a little bit and started around like 2002, 2003. Mm-hmm. Um, so there were, kind of was an option for a bit more of a gym, but you still had to have like athletes and connections and a lot more to, to get it going. Right. But I did have it in the back of my head, um, opening the gym, but the truth was, and I don't know if you were doing CrossFit then, but it was like, everyone was opening a gym. It, it was <laughs> free reign for opening gyms. It was like open yeah. season. So it wasn't like a crazy original idea. 2010. Yeah. Well, yeah. It, it was all on. Uh, mm-hmm. so, you know, it, it was almost like immediately, I think people, lots of people think about opening gyms. Lots of people were opening gyms. Um, I was coaching at a new gym, uh, and very quickly we were just talking about, okay, cool. Like when do we get an our gym? I think we had one friend, um, who was kind of our, our age ish that had a gym, uh, Sean. And I remember I was thinking about that. I'm like, man, that would be sweet. Cause then we'd be Sean. like, um, Sean cousins. Oh yeah. 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 And I remember just having that one inspiration of one person that was like basically our age that had their own gym and you know, could do whatever they want in it. It was like, cool. Then mm. yeah, we can do it. Um, for sure. Uh, so yeah, it was, I mean, it was just because it was all happening. It was like a natural step at that time. And almost no one had failed at that point. So there were no failure stories. No, no, there no. were only success stories. Yeah. So it's just right. open gym, gyms fall within two months and you can yeah. do whatever you want. Yeah. Sounds good. And, and, that it, a lot. and it was great and ran like that for a long period of time. Right. You know, a lot of it was like, you didn't get advertising or marketing information from like CrossFit Incorporated. Right. It was like, you know, if you do well by your clients, then you'll get tons of clients and then it'll be good. And then you, you believe that dream for a little bit of time. And then mm. all of a sudden the gym market saturated and it's like, oh, wow, like I got to learn how to be a business person now. I just mm. wanted to open a place to work out. Uh, and it's just funny how that kind of spins in, it spins in spirals. Right. Mm. Um, so what are a couple of the, like the biggest lessons that you guys have, have learned pretty much through like gym ownership? I mean, I'm sure there's like a thousand different ones where like, what are a couple that really stick out to you guys that uh, like, uh, you know, there's tons of coaches and gym owners that listen to this as well. Like, what are some things to pay attention to or things that maybe um, they can step past that you guys learn along the way? Mm. I would say number one is, I think as you do it longer, you definitely get like a longer time perspective on things. So when we first started the gyms, you know, you're younger and you've been doing it for such little time that it was like, oh, all these other gyms have been going really well for like two or three years. And that two or three years sounds like forever. So you, you don't even really think about what's going to happen in five years or 10 years or you know, maybe what are they going to be successful forever? The right. time period in your head is just really, really short. You know, it's like, oh, these gyms have all been going for like two, three, four years. Like that's pretty much forever. It's always been working. It's always going to work. 
uh, and you're not really thinking like, hey, is this going to keep working out in 10 years? Is it going to be able to like provide everything we want in that sense? Um, how's my job going to change within the business in five years or 10 years? You just you're so short term thinking on it because you've because you've just started, um, you yeah. know, and that I think as slowly we've got better out over time is starting to think about, okay, so, you know, maybe we're looking to sign a new lease or open a new venture and you're like five, 10 years, you're like, that's going to go really quick. You know, now that we've done it um, for over six years, you realize hey, the time is going to go quickly. So we better have some um, decent long-term plans for, for whatever we're doing. Mm. Awesome. awesome. Yeah. I'd, I'd say one of the, the really important um, lessons that we've learned is, you know, Raph and I are the leaders of this business and um, it's, it's so important that we're constantly keeping our like communication between us as, as smooth as possible. And I guess if you're a sole business owner, it's your communication with, um, you know, your self-talk is important, obviously, but then your communication with whoever your number two is, right? So it could be, I don't know, maybe your, your manager or um, your head coach or something like that. Um, because I think what you start to learn is that the team is what's going to build a successful business. And when you start and it's just you and it's just uh, you and your business partners is you can't ever really imagine anyone else being a part of the business and being able to be better at the jobs that you're doing. And I think that was one thing that I started to learn is like, you know, you, you really do have a specific set of skills. As much as you would like to say you're good at everything, the, the truth be told is that um, how you develop as a person just throughout life and, you know, how, you've, how you're nurtured as a child, you end up with a very specific set of skills that makes you unique. And the more you can kind of hone in and realize what they are, and then um, kind of fill the weaknesses around you with a really great team is when you're going to build a successful business. And so uh, for Raf and I, we, we've, we get really specific on those things that we're good at, uh, know what we're good at, really stick to those things because we also enjoy them as well. You know, part of being good at something is also when you're good at something, you enjoy it more. So right. uh, we do the more of the stuff we enjoy and the stuff that we're good at, which makes sense. And then through that communication, we also are able to build the right team around us and that that's that's really what business comes down to and all the successful people and clients and friends that we know that um have great businesses they also recognize that the business is about a great team and i think the sooner you stop thinking about necessarily like yourself and what you're doing and more about okay who can i hire to build an amazing team the like the faster your business will begin to grow and like we've i remember the the thing we always used to say was oh you know we've never had a coach leave. We've never had to fire a coach. Now in this year, I think we've fired like more coaches and, and got rid of more coaches than we had in this year than we did in the previous five years. Um, it's, it's the same thing, right? So when you've never lost a coach, you almost think you never will lose a coach. Yeah. yeah. You think you've picked the perfect team on yeah. day one. But what you realize is it's just like a, all just a learning process. Like you're going to have to just take these failures and then just use them as lessons for the next person. And you as a business owner, you just start to, the same way you develop an eye for movement and coaching and like, you know, you can look at someone's snatch and you can say, all right, there's five errors there that we need to fix. These are the most important errors. Is like the same, the same way when five candidates get in front of you for a coaching position or a marketing position or whatever it might be, like you've just honed your eye and your like gut feel and your senses about, okay, who is the best fit for this position and what do I need and who's going to fit my culture that you can really start to pick these things um, really quickly. And I think that that becomes one of the most important skills as a business owner over time is that judgment that gut instinct like it imply it's it's so important because your decisions have so much more consequence um the, the bigger business gets and hiring is like one of the biggest parts of this yeah it, you know there's tons of things to unpack in that too because like um you guys talked a lot about like teams and stuff right and that and it, like i have a couple of mentor clients that i work with and, and that's something i always talk about is like um it, you can't do everything eventually you have to delegate eventually you have to get people in the right places because uh, you know, you know, certain things that you could pay somebody uh, a lesser wage for so that you could grow and expand your business. Um, like those people need to be put into play and then making sure that you're, you're leading them and giving them very clear, decisive direction is uh, something that I often tell people. Um, and I love that you guys talked on that. Uh, and I have to say something that I'm super impressed by just because I don't see this happen a lot, especially with uh, people that I've encountered through uh, my time running businesses is, um, you guys and seeing how your partnership has worked out fairly well, right? Um, what would you say is the key to like, I mean, I mean, you guys probably have heard there's all these horror stories about partnerships going wrong. And uh, I had several people that'll tell me like, Hey, you shouldn't, 
partner with anybody for XYZ, but uh, you guys seem to make it work pretty well. What is that key to, to keeping a solid partnership that you guys have developed? Well, it hasn't been that well because we started with five business partners. Oh, <laughs> we have our own horror stories. Yeah. Oh, okay. Gotcha. Like two of us left. So you might have yeah. given us uh, all the credit we don't deserve. Right. Yeah, well, I we mean, are. even. Well, go ahead. No, yeah, I was just going to say, yeah, we are. Uh, I think the the lesson that we got out of that is um, what I was speaking to before is like, yeah, the, the communication I think is, is super important. But even before that is like when we started with five business partners, sorry, five of us, three, three other people is we didn't really know what you to look for as a business partner. It was just like, you want to start a gym? You've got some money. You want to start a gym? You've got some money. And it's like, you just all come together. That's like this, like knowing that now, that's like the stupidest thing that you could do is like bring on way too many people. Because if you sat down and said, okay, how do you want your lives to look like in five, 10 years? How much money do you want to be making? There's no way one gym could support all five people. Like the maths doesn't play out there. That's, that's number one. Uh, and then, yeah, the second thing is just like over time, people, you just need to understand the fundamental principle of life is people change. Like people say they want one thing. And then a few years go by and they want something else, right? They want a family or they want to move or um, they, they don't like taking risks anymore or they want to take more risks, right? People change so much in life. And I think that what's happened with Raf and I is ultimately um, our ambitions and our goals lined up the most out of all the other people that were involved. And so it was just a natural evolution to have those people drop off because ultimately the vision that they had for their life lined up the least with uh, the vision I had for my life and, and what have Raf had for his life. Ours, our visions lined up the most. And I think that, um, you know, just naturally over time that uh, as the kind of friction began, as, you know, their life started pulling to the left and our lives started pulling to the right, eventually, you know, there's going to be a point where it breaks. You can't have, you can't have the ship going uh, in two directions at once. It's not going to go anywhere. So, um, yeah, you just have to like uh, cut them loose and, uh, you know, even though it, all those uh, relationships at the end of the day have ended, you know, reasonably amicably, it's, uh, you know, it's never fun to go through. I think that um, the warning I would have for anyone getting into business is like, you need to be prepared to lose that relationship. Um, you know, so if it's your best friend and, you know, you never want to lose that person, don't go into business with them because there is a good chance. Uh, it's not, not certain, but there's a good chance that that relationship might end and you never want to speak to each other again. I've heard it enough times. I've seen it enough times. I know enough people that to happen. Instead, I think the, the best criteria for a business partner is find someone that you know is the opposite to you. But at the same time, you guys can communicate really effectively with each other and have a lot of trust um, with each other. And yeah, Raf and I have our moments. He, he's I'm pretty, uh, pretty fiery and gung-ho and he's like kind of more the, the, the rock in the relationship. So, you know, he has moments where he has to kind of pull me in and speak to me and be like no we're not doing this like think about it like this think about it like that which is perfect because i don't see that side of the coin and uh as long as there's no ego in our uh relationships and we know we both want the same thing then it's good because you know i'm able to listen to them very honestly whereas if that same advice is coming from the wrong person um then you know i'm not going to take that advice and that relationship is going to break down so yeah being opposite to each other but also having a relationship that's good enough that you trust what each other are saying um, which I think is, you know, ultimately built over some years before the, the business partnership. I would never go into business with someone I have no idea about, even though we did do that. Um, but yeah, so you, so that you already have communication skills with each other, you have some trust built up, you know how each other like to communicate and then just working on it over time as well. Just being like, Hey, you know, when you say that, I don't like how you say it to me, can we do it more like this? And then vice versa, that sort of stuff is yeah, super helpful. Yeah, and I always find that, you know, setting really clear boundaries and then uh, clear communication always does go a long way. Um, and you, what you guys are actually talking about reminds me a lot of like a, a quote that I kind of took in a couple of years ago. Uh, and it's, you know, the person that got you here isn't going to get you there, right? So, uh, and, and I've seen that a lot in my business as well. People would come in, uh, you know, be on the ship for a period of time. And then I'm like, hey, you know, we're going this way. And they're like, no, we should go this way. And I'm like, well, maybe you should get off the ship. Um, but it I was, I was very good at setting boundaries and, and uh, communicating very clearly with people so that when those things would come up, they almost kind of knew that it was time to like, hey, like we're going to part, we're going to be cool um, because I know that you're only doing what's best or what you think is best for your business and your community and your people. So um, I love that a lot. Um, so 
all the business talk, right? You, you guys started CrossFitting, uh, went into the CrossFit gym ownership space. Um, and then I've seen you guys kind of transition out of that a little bit. And we spoke a lot about this um, before the show started. But uh, when did that transition of being, you know, a CrossFit gym specifically into um, rebranding away from that? Like, when did that come about? Um, and, and why was that decision made by you guys? So it started three years ago. Um, it was predominantly when we opened the third location. That was like the only one that never put the big CrossFit sign up on the door. Uh, and I would say it was probably number one. I mean, obviously CrossFit was starting to get less popular, but it was nothing like how it is now in terms of the decline. Mm-hmm. Um, but it was really more of like a frustration of just getting thrown into the, the basket of every other CrossFit gym um, wherever. So it was like, oh, you know, if you, you can't charge any more than those people, you go do exactly the same way as all those people. And we wanted to like do things better and charge more and do things different. Uh, but if you just like have the name on the sign, it was just, it was just a big challenge. And, and honestly, it was you know, confusing to the customer. If you're trying to do things different by putting mm-hmm. a massive sign saying it's the same as all these other CrossFit ones. Right, right. So we were, just getting, we were getting burnt out dealing with that client that was coming in and being like, hey, I expect all this stuff from a CrossFit gym. And, you know, we were like, hey, we got into this to do it our way in the first place. So why are we getting held hostage by it? Right, right. So I think it's just, that was a bit of time uh, and it also a bit of time for us just to get off the bad wagon that, you know, this is the only way to do things. Mm. Yeah, I reckon, you know, it doesn't, we've always tried to be ahead of the curb because uh, I never like to be the one that's doing it when it's kind of too late. Yeah. Um, so made that mistake with Bitcoin. Wasn't able to, uh, wasn't able to cash in on that one. But the, um, yeah, but for us, when I started seeing some of the, the major forces in our industry move over, uh, we didn't even, I didn't even have to read their explanation. I could just tell they were just doing it for a certain reason. I think we rebranded right around the same time as Norcal. I think we did it just before. We them. did it before. We did it before them. But I think when they did it, it was like good reinforcement for me knowing like, okay, we've made the right decision here. Uh, because, you know, they're obviously company and you know jason's super close with dave castro and all the people at hq and i'm like if he's making that move and he's putting those relationships on the line then it's a hundred percent the right move and yeah ultimately i just thought about our future and i was like i don't want crossfit's future and actions to impact our business that was the main reason for me i don't want them posting about handguns as like the the prize for coming first in crossfit to like ever impact how many members i can get through the door and we've seen it like uh, we've seen it turn around like so much. It's just helped so much with our own branding. There's still people that come in and they go, Oh, you know, are you a CrossFit gym? And I think that's a much better question than like you're a cross Mm. or an assumption that you're a CrossFit gym. This is what I think is going to happen. So people are like, yeah, you you know, it seems like you kind of do some CrossFit stuff, but like you don't have it in your name anymore. And you you call it a hybrid class. Like what's going on? They ask those questions. They're good questions because now we control the conversation and the narrative about what we do at the gym. They're not coming in with all these assumptions. They might have some assumptions. Everyone has some assumptions about what gyms are like, but we can ultimately control the narrative. We control the narrative, control the price. We control expectations. We can control what sort of results they're here for and the kind of people we're bringing into our community. And yeah, just over, well, how long it been now? Two, two and a half years of being Creature Fitness? Yeah. Yeah, we uh, basically cleansed out most of our like hardcore OG CrossFit uh, sort of members. Mm-hmm. It's been nice literally the exact same story as me guys like it's pretty funny to hear that it's actually reinforcing for me as well because um i mean how many times do we overcome that conversation of like you guys are across the gym like uh you know don't they get hurt a lot or um like essentially we get grouped in that same conversation as all the 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 guys and gals that'll go get certified over a weekend open a gym because they got a little money um, do it as a hobby. Don't really care about people. Don't really evolve as a coach and as a trainer to learn more about programming and nutrition and mindset right. and business practices. And, you know, we get grouped into these things. Um, and, and you're right there. I'm actually going through some of it right now to where I'm trying to step out away from that ideal, even though programming has been a certain way for a period of time. Um, now that the the language and the way that I'm branding myself to the outside world has changed, um, it, you know, it gets the, the OG crossfitters that one that want the uh, the ones that want the high intensity workouts every single day where I'm like, Hey, like, you know, I don't know that that's necessarily the best thing for you. Um, and, and, and always trying to remind everybody inside of my gym through our, through our content, through our, you know, newsletters is like, um, we promise health and fitness and longevity. Um, and I'm going to deliver that in the best fitness prescription that I know how. So, um, uh, and it's always a, a huge challenge. Um, did you guys get any pushback? from clients that were kind of just coming at you like, Hey, what, what are we doing here? What are you guys doing? Like, um, 
challenging your belief systems and stuff like that. How much pushback did you guys get? Yeah, a lot. Yeah, (laughs) I probably got the most just because the gym that we were at, or sorry, that I spent most of my time at of the three gyms had the most kind of like OG CrossFit hardcore contingent. And uh, yeah, man, the pushback was you know, there were many layers to the pushback. There was, there was firstly, there was pushback from like the coaches and the programming. Um, so there was a little bit of like, uh, you know, we're changing the programming too much. Um, so there was some disagreement amongst the owners at the time. There was also um, people just firing back in terms of, okay, well, if you're not going to give us this, then we're going to do it ourselves. So we had members kind of like doing their own training during classes, uh, which is obviously a huge no. So there was some massive friction there. Um, and then there was just like, uh, you know, some coaches that were kind of not against us, but they weren't necessarily 100% with us. So that was kind of like, we were a little bit stuck there. It's like, hey, you're a good coach, but you're a good coach under the old circumstances. And now that you're not really like, you know, they, they're not really practicing the kind of new methods and principles that we're about, you know, they're still kind of doing hardcore CrossFit and doing savage workouts and posting about it it doesn't feel like the whole culture has changed and shifted over. Um, and so part of it was like, yeah, the coaching team had to change. We need people that were like more about health and longevity. And if they were going to compete in CrossFit, their training couldn't be like that super hardcore style anymore, which just wasn't going to fit uh, the culture. Um, because, you know, naturally the way you train, it trickles over into your clientele. Um, so we had to kind of get rid of some of those coaches, bring in some new coaches that were more about, you know, um, smart programming, mm. um, sustainability, that sort of stuff. And then, yeah, like just one by one, eventually the conversation with a lot of those members went from, you know, like just give it a chance, do your best. Um, you know, it, you're going to get results. Just trust us to look, I'm sick of having this fucking conversation with you. If you don't like the gym, it's time for you to go. I want the best thing for you. You obviously don't like it here anymore. Can you please get out? And then it eventually that, that hard conversation, meant what we probably had this time last year we probably lost close to 15 to 20 clients Mm -hmm. over this period of time that yeah they just wanted they were just holding on to the old ways uh, and they just wanted how we used to do things and that just wasn't what we're on board for anymore and i was just sick of giving them second chances and convincing them to give it a shot and i was like look guys you're like you obviously don't have the balls to leave so i'm telling you right now to leave so um that that was hard but it was uh it's much better now yeah, you know, it seems like maybe you guys had a, a like, as far as fitness wise, had a similar journey, right? Like, uh, you know, I went from uh, competitive mixed martial arts right into competitive CrossFit, into burning myself out, into realizing that uh, I actually can't sustain this type of training, which sends me into this, uh, you know, this spiral of learning more and, and reading more and learning different principles and foundational fundamentals, things that like I need to give my clients. Uh, and then you almost get to a point where like you feel negligent, you feel like, um, I actually can't deliver this other product to you anymore because knowing what I know now, that's not actually going to serve you and give you the result that I'm promising you. Um, but it, it, I, I want to commend you guys on, on holding strong in your beliefs. And that's something that uh, I've got a mentor client right now that's going through the exact same thing, just a few months behind the, the type of transition we've made um, and just reassuring him like, hey, just hold strong, stay where you're at. Um, because you know that you're getting to a place to where you can deliver the results that you're promising to your clients, which at the end of the day, like we're, we're meant, we're here to serve. We're here to give a better product. So, um, also I, literally the exact same story, guys. Uh, it's pretty crazy to actually go, uh, talk to somebody else about that. Um, now let's transition a little bit. I want to transition more into the podcast side, right? Like, uh, I'm a gym owner. I know things are, are, are pretty busy and I know it's hard to like, I believe you guys juggle what three different gyms or something like that. Yeah, three gym. So juggling three gyms on top of a very popular podcast. Uh, I'm sure you maintain relationships and stuff outside of that. Um, how do you guys manage to to juggle the time that it takes to maintain a, a podcast that is, you know, recording episodes every single week while maintaining three different teams and three gyms? Uh, well, in terms of the teams, we the, we do do the gym centrally, which makes a big difference. Like we don't mm. try and run each gym all by itself on its own thing. So doing things centrally, there's definitely some time savings, right? Cause you can just do things once or say things once and it goes across all the gyms. Right. Um, but really how we did it was because we started the podcast from the beginning, always enjoyed it, always wanted to keep it going. Uh, it was like extra encouragement to just pull ourselves out of a lot of the on the floor activities, which are usually the most draining in terms of running uh, a gym. 
Um, obviously, you know, they, they can be extremely rewarding, but, you know, it's early mornings, late nights, um, emotionally, like emotionally uh, involved with clients' lives and their progress as well. Like that's probably the most draining part of running a gym um, and just getting awesome people that love that stuff and are more focused on it pretty early on um, made a huge difference because you just get a bunch of time back and then um, we, we wanted to spend that straight away on on building the podcast. Mm. Yeah, the, the time management thing is just like like everything we've done from our training to, you know, um, our, our nutrition or sleep, it's just something that you just practice and develop over time. And you, you, you kind of pick up little things every now and then you trial them for, you know, maybe two, two weeks or something, raffle say, Hey, you know, get this app or like try this scheduling software or, uh, try this practice or, you know, I'll listen to a podcast and I go, oh, I like, I like this blocking of time, you know, seven days ahead. So let's try that. Uh, and then just over time, you just naturally build a more efficient system. Um, and I mean, what it looks like right now for us is, you know, we, we use a lot of booking links, which is really important for us. So if people want to like take our time and book our time, whether it's through the podcast or the gyms, we give them links and the links are already preset up so that we have certain times blocked out. And that's important for us. I think what really kills your, um, your schedule and your timing is when things can pop up last minute and kind of go randomly into anywhere. Um, yeah, I think for, um, the scheduling, I was just going to say that, um, for me, the, if I was to look at scheduling ahead of time, if a, a week in advance, like a, a 20 hour week that is, that pops up at random, uh, and I don't know when, are the, when are those times going to pop up is, um, a much more chaotic, much more draining week than a week that I do 40 hours, but everything is organized a week ahead of time. And maybe 10% of those hours pop up kind of unexpectedly so mm. it's really the the unexpected interruptions that cause the most stress because you're kind of when you know you have two hours to work on a thing you mentally can get into the zone and work on that thing for two hours and then know that you're done and you can move on to the next task i don't think people like having some unknown like oh if i get into this task now and i get interrupted i think that's where um it becomes really frustrating so yeah like for us just having a good system of yeah meeting links is really important. Booking that stuff ahead of time. I know Raf, you do you still uh, block your training out ahead of time for the week? Yeah, Raf puts in like his training slots. I like to kind of kind of fit it in where I can, which is usually pretty easy. Um, and then yeah, I think for the other stuff that that really helps with your time is like okay, where are there times in my week that are extremely inefficient? And I think for both of us, one of those was food. And so now that we use uh, meal delivery companies, we've saved so much time around, oh shit, I've got to go out and cook or I've got to go to um, you know, a takeaway joint and, and order something. And like that's very disruptive, that whole process. And mm -hmm. there are like little efficiencies that the people can pick up if they if they just kind of look at different slots in the day where they're time wasting. And I think the important thing is to yeah, run a system for like a month and then go, okay, what was shit in that month? How can I fix it for the next month? And then for us, like there's a lot of like unnecessary communication sometimes. And so we'll be like, okay, this, um, this system right now, how we're coordinating with our assistants, there's too many steps. Like, let's just cut it down to like two steps. And so you take a 10 step communication process, which might be a back and forth between different apps and systems. And you, you cut that down to a two step system, or you just kind of like make a video that solves a lot of issues in one go that you haven't been thinking about for a while. And then you're like, Oh, thank God I bought back, you know, half an hour a week but you do that enough across enough different systems you buy back you know two or three hours and that's over time that auditing process that you do monthly like it starts to add up yeah. absolutely i think the 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 biggest thing you guys talked about there was just like like planning right getting clear on what you want to do that week um and then making it as simple as possible right i mean uh these are these are things that i talk to about my clients and stuff like you know uh, can you get, get to a grocery store that'll deliver it to you for your, so that you can, I mean, there's no roadblocks in between you and meal prepping. Yeah. Um, you know, is your work schedule set? If so, you know, where are your appointments at this week? Put them into your calendar. Okay. They're in your calendar. Um, now when can you make it to the gym? Uh, what day are you meal prepping? When are you going to bed? When are you waking up? But getting all these things in play and then all of a sudden all of the roadblocks tend to go away. And, and I mean, save for the, you know, the random thing that pops up and kind of, um, takes your time for a second, but, uh, for the most part, just setting yourself up for success uh, through planning can go so far. Um, mm. I'm curious, how do you guys pick guests to come on the show? I mean, what does that look like? What does that process look like? Uh, well, it's evolved a lot over time. Uh, so at the very beginning, um, we only did podcasts in person. So we really like we're going on a hunt for 
Aussies um, or people based in Australia, people kind of based in the area. It was interesting and we could give a voice to, which I think was awesome. And looking back, it was so cool because for a lot of them, they were cool people and it was like the first time they'd been on the podcast and the first time we were like giving them an air because you know, there wasn't many Aussie podcasts. Right. Um, and meeting, you know, meeting people in person is always an upgrade. Um, but, you know, the truth is you actually do start to run out of people um, doing it that way. <laughs> yeah. And then it was getting like every week trying to find somebody for that week was becoming a massive stress. Mm-hmm. Um, so then we eventually, yeah, we started to go online. And then similar, like early days, it was kind of whoever we could get in fairness, um, whoever could give us an introduction, a referral from a different one, we, we would start to take. Uh, and then how that started to evolve over time, then I was like, okay, now people know we're legit. They'll actually come on the show. So it was like looking for people that had gone on other podcasts and done a really good job. I was like, well, that's, that's a good idea because, mm-hmm. you know, you, you know, you're on more of a chance of a winner because for us, you know, when you get one and you do, and it's really not that good, um, always like a little bit disappointing, which sometimes right. can be hard to know. You might read their blogs and you're like, oh, this would be good content. And then and the show doesn't go that way. Right, right. Um, so, so we try and avoid those ones. So if you can hear someone, at least do some public speaking or some other podcast that you're like, that's good you're like you're onto a winner and then mm-hmm. i guess how it's maybe evolved a little bit more just recently is now we probably started to go into like having guests on for more than once you start to get a bit of like oh it's like a turning into a regular guest and we can expand on what we talked about last time right so there's been like a bit of an evolution um in, in how we do things and it's something with me too like a, I've met a, i've met a, a good amount of people through podcasting and i've started pretty meaningful relationships just through the connection of uh having a conversation you know, on a podcast like this, um, what were some of your favorite, like who was some of your favorite guests that you guys have had on? Ooh, that's always a tough question. Our most recent, uh, like obviously the, the most um, common ones that jump out are the ones that we did in person. There's obviously just a level of, uh, not that we're not enjoying this podcast, Cody, right, but right, right, right. there is a, obviously <laughs> a different, there's a different uh, kind of energy when, you know, you're sitting across from someone, um, you're having this conversation, but um, you know, our recent US podcast tour uh, that we did in, in May, May this year, uh, like, you know, these are memories that we'll have for life. Some of the ones that stood out for me on, on that particular trip, um, Mark Bell and Chris Bell. Uh, it was cool to finally get to visit Super Training after all these years of watching their videos. Um, and then I think it's always really nice when you have such an unbroken amount of someone like that who is, you know, very successful obviously a lot of people want their time and you're able to get an hour and a half of someone like this their time is so valuable you know um you know sit down with them hour and a half and listen and learn from them and then walk away and be like they're exactly who i thought they were if not better and cool i think the worst thing is like they say don't meet your heroes doesn't really happen as much in the podcasting world because um you know this long form content you know exposes people a lot you know they you really find out who they are especially if they have their own podcast you know you you they can't hide on their show. Um, so yeah, meeting Mark and Chris Bell was just like awesome. You know, we'd watch their movies, uh, obviously listen to their podcast, watch all their videos and stuff. So for us, a little bit of fanboy moment, but also just cool from like a podcasting perspective to kind of like really ask some, some deep questions that um, we were curious on. So those are definitely the two that stood out for me most recently. Yeah, same thing with me. I think on the trip, um, often you just forget about the actual show and the more enjoyable part was like we went for dinner with the guests or you hung out before the guests or do after. You know, they're the best part. So anytime we get that experience with a guest, it's usually the most memorable. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think if we add up all the US trips we've done, you know, there's been a lot of shared meals, shared experiences around the shows, which are like kind of the best thing. And, and they're usually what keeps the relationship going. Like it's, it's that time together that allows you to like reach out to them nine months later, 18 months later, mm-hmm. um, if you want to do something new. Yeah, the, the mind, getting into the Mind Pump studio was also mm-hmm. pretty unique. They invited us into their actual podcasting studio to record our episode. Um, so I don't know if people listen to their podcast or not, but that's been an influential podcast for us, uh, recently. And yeah, it's, it was, it was cool to be able to meet them in person and kind of, um, get a little bit of a tour of the studio and, um, you know, they're doing a lot of similar things to what we're doing and vice versa. And so it was cool to be able to, um, yeah, kind of get in, get into their sort of their network and their hub. Yeah. It's inspiring because I think normally if you would like started some business and you were on the smaller end. Like your competition would never invite you over and like show you everything. I'm like this is how we do it. It's like awesome. Like you guys can right, do it too. Like I believe in you. Like it's it's the reverse. You yeah. know, it's like stay out of here. Yeah. Like you need ID. But in the podcasting world, you know, because it's not really it's not really competition. Um, we, you know, we're not right. stealing listeners, and they're not stealing listeners from us. It's more just like the pie is getting bigger. 
So you, you literally get that experience. We're like, oh, you know, we'd love to be like where you guys are at um, doing your show. And they're like, yeah, we'll come in. We'll show you how we do everything, um, help you out. And it's like, that's a pretty incredible experience. Yeah. It's funny. It's funny. You know, um, so uh, I'm mentored by a guy named Cody McBroom. I'm not sure if you guys have ever had him on your show before, but um, he actually just asked me on Saturday to come on to the show. And for me, it's like, but I used to listen to you. Like, what do you mean? Like, I get to get interviewed. And it was just this cool uh, realization. It's like, like, wow, like what meaningful, like sort of relationships and conversations you can have with people um, just through, you know, podcasting. And you guys actually just reminded me that I need to do more in-person interviews because you're right. There is that like that special connection you can get with somebody where like in person, you can read their body language. You can see their, like their, what sort of facial expressions they're making. And then uh, I believe it really does add an extra component to a conversation. That's for sure. Um, So I I just got a couple more questions here and then I'll, uh, I don't want to abuse any of y'all's time, but um, it's mentorship to me. is huge, right? Like getting business coaches and and having people mentor me along the way has been uh, life altering to, to, to say the least. Uh, Who would you say had some of the biggest influences on you guys, whether podcasting coaches, whatever, like, um, what are just a couple of people that have really meant a lot to you guys and really helped you guys to, to transform who you guys are? Oh, it's a good question. Um, I mean, the path we've gone down, I guess, as a gym together is we have paid for a bit of like mentorship and coaching over the years or quite a bit and been through a few different experiences. Um, the coaches we're with now has probably been the most influential and we've definitely had them for the longest. Uh, so we're with NPE, um, which is headed off by Sean Greeley. And, and that's been really good just because you know, we kind of tried so many things and then we finally got to the place where it was what they were delivering was really what we were after. Um, whereas in the past, you know, we've got other mentors that were really just pushing, you know, maybe their strengths, which was like something we were after, but it wasn't really the whole package um, of what we were looking for. Um, so that's been really good. And I think what you find with this sort of stuff is that uh, the longer it goes, often the better it does tend to get because you tend to like, get to know the person it's like a bit of a compounding effect we think same as a fitness coach mm-hmm. you know first six months you get like some newbie stuff newbie gains because you're trying different things and there's some results but it's in that second year or even third year that they're like man i know everything about you so i know <laughs> right, how this right. is going to go i know if i write this you know you're not going to do it so i'm not even going to write it um and, and i think you start to get that um you know with paid mentors and and mentors you have outside yeah yeah and i was I- going to say um yeah obviously sean's Sean's been um, pivotal for us in our development as, as business owners just because he works um, so so closely with us and, and the, the rest of the MPA team as well. Mm-hmm. Um, but like for us, obviously, we've had a, an opportunity to collect so many different ideas and lessons from so many successful people through the podcast that you kind of start to see some principles and kind of laws of success that that start to appear and they're pretty consistent. And you know, if you sit down with a successful person and you have 10 questions listed out, you almost kind of know the answer. You want to hear them say it, but you kind of expect them to say it a certain way. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's that's one thing that you start to pick up on just having interviewed so many people. It's like, okay, uh, and this is going to come through for our audience as well. Like this isn't just something that, that we've learned. You know, if you've, like yourself, if you have listened to the podcast for a while, you start to probably pick up these things as well you know you start to hear these patterns of success uh, and behavior so that has been um, instrumental for just everything that we've gone through Um, but then as well like my I've talked about this before but my grandfather so my dad's dad he he ran a super successful company for a very long time uh, for 50 years and was like extremely innovative in his field bringing you know American sporting goods into Australia um, which like for for people that uh, haven't put two and two together. Like there are some sports in America that would not go down well at all in Australia, like ice hockey, for example. Uh, and he brought that um, to Australia and stuff. And like that, you know, I think about that now with, you know, only the the five or six years we've been in business. And, and you know, that's a 10th of the time that he put in at a time where, you know, no one really started businesses. Everyone just kind of worked in a factory and stuff. And he, and he shared his stories and his conquests and his failures and stuff with me all the time. And I just think, well, fuck it's in my blood you know i'm the way i am for for many reasons but part part of it is because of him and so he is like a big inspiration for me i'm like fuck this guy built a huge company um he's very successful it supported all his children and their families and stuff and everyone still benefits off it today and um you know a lot of people don't understand the way he does things you know he gets um 
you know, he gets he gets put on the firing line sometimes from the rest of the family for some of his decisions he makes. But I'm like, you know, he's been more successful than all of you put together. So like, he's the way he is because he's special. And like, I just want to, I know that's a part of me, and I just want to like kind of honor that and like continue that lineage. Because um, I don't think anyone else, my cousins and my my siblings, that doesn't look like they're going to do it uh, at this point in time. I could be wrong. They could prove me wrong, and I'm happy for them to prove me wrong. But um, yeah, for me, just knowing that it's that close to home, it's in the family and stuff, it's like, it's pretty cool. So it's uh, yeah. important to me. So a couple of things with that too. Um, as far as getting mentored, right, I found that like as I got coached more, it was easy for me to preach about coaching. It was either for, easier for me to have conversations with clients because like I believe so heavily in like mentorship or influences or uh, wherever that may come from. Um, and, and then also inside of that, like uh, I'm trying to start that lineage that you're talking about right? The, the business ownership, the being successful. Uh, you know, I've got three sons. I've got, you know, they're, they're watching everything that I do. Um, and, and if I kind of just settled for a job where, um, you know, I couldn't make my own schedule, uh, I couldn't be there for certain occurrences, um, I often look at like, what sort of, like, what sort of uh, influence am I being on my children through doing that? So uh, I love that, man. I appreciate that a lot, actually. Um, so I guess my parting question for you guys is, um, this is something that I always ask the guests just because um, advice and quotes and things like that are huge for me. Um, what would you say is some of the best advice that you guys have gotten um, throughout entrepreneurship, you know, coaching, whatever that may be? Like, what is that piece of advice that either caused the shift for you or just uh, a reframe of a certain way you approach things? I got something straight away if you want to. <laughs> no, you go for it. Yeah. So one of the things that, um, I actually heard, uh, we don't work with him anymore, but we're in his coaching program for a little bit. Um, someone we've interviewed on the podcast, Alex Mosey actually spoke about, um, he just framed it really well. And I've heard this before, but I think just the way he put it was really good. It's like entrepreneurship is like climbing up a mountain. Um, and then, you know, as you get, well, firstly, there's not really a peak. Uh, but secondly, is the making the point that every, every you know, X amount of meters that you climb, you know, the air gets thinner and thinner and it gets harder to breathe and you need to adapt. And at first, like climbing a mountain, it's really uncomfortable. You know, like it's hard, you want to give up, you want to go back down. Uh, but eventually, if you stay up there long enough and you fight through it, then you adapt and you get comfortable with that level. And then the level below that is easy because you've adapted to this new level. Um, so you keep climbing higher and higher. And then it's only once you get to the very top is you start to realize like, Hey, not many people have made it up here because it is so difficult and it's so hard to breathe up here that most people just turn back and they go, they go down. Uh, and that's what I always think is when, um, you know, I get uncomfortable. I'm like, Oh, I don't want to have to like do this type of work now. I don't want to have to like change my schedule to do that. Or I don't want to have to like read these books or, uh, have this conversation or fire these people or, or go out and, and do someone else. I'm like, this is, the moment where you're taking you're making the choices to step up to that next level you're you're climbing up the mountain right now and every time you say oh no i can't do that is like when you're starting to turn back around and so i know if you just come like look at all the decisions you've made to the point you're at now is like you're way further up the mountain we're way further up the mountain than we were and all the stuff that's below me i'm like i looked at that you know when i was in it as like that was the most difficult thing ever and now I look at it, I'm like, I could do that with my eyes closed. You know, that's, those tasks are easy. Doing that stuff is simple, you know? Um, like I, I coached a class the other day and it's funny because now, you know, we've built this, this sort of coaching system and program and, and internship and we have kind of like this structured role play and all these different things. I mean, I watch my coaches, like I kind of just oversee the whole process, but I watch my, my head coaches and my junior coaches take the new coaches through it and I just see how much that coach struggles. And I'm like, oh, you know, it's, it's, yeah, it's a really difficult process when you learn it, blah, blah, blah. And I haven't really done it for a while. And then uh, I decided to coach a class the other day and I did it. And I, was, and I just watched all the things that I'd put into my system, just myself do them very naturally. And I'm not doing this to brag or whatever, but I'm just saying like at that level that that person is at, they're super new to it. And at the time it was really tough, but now the stuff of just like organizing where the gear goes, making sure that everyone's on time, like getting the music at the right level is just seeing if anyone has any injuries, you know, making the right, right corrections. Like that, that used to suck so much of my energy, you know, when I used to do it, but now I can do that and, you know, 
do something else at the same time, do complicated mathematics, whatever it might be. Right? It's, just, <laughs> it's just one of those things where it just is so easy now, but that's because you've just, you've just climbed up different levels. And so right. that's what I always remind myself is like, Hey, the more uncomfortable it gets, it's like, you're just climbing to that next level. And, and not many people have been up here. So uh, if you want to like be different, you want to be like separate from the rest, you got to like keep climbing. Like it, man. Like it. Raf. Yeah. Awesome. I'll just go back to, Actually, what I touched on at the very beginning is the time perspective on it. I remember when we first started, uh, you just feel like you're like brand new journey and you're kind of unique in doing this, like owning a, your own gym sort of scenario. And you, and you really think, oh, this is like really different to everybody else. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's like what Locke said, you know, it's, I think my granddad started his business in his 30s, finished it when he's 65. And you talk to him, you're like, oh, so you did it for ages. And you realize like, it's actually so long. Like you've got, you've got heaps of time and whatever you're doing now that'll like finish up and then that'll close it even though it's so exciting at the beginning and then you'll be onto the next thing and then that thing will go and right. probably be like 10x the thing you were doing before that and it'll make that look like not exciting at all uh when you have like a bit of that longer time perspective i think it de-stresses you a bit because you know even if the thing you're doing now really does go to the shit and completely closes it's like well that might have only been the first 50 meters of your five kilometer entrepreneurship race that you were running mm. um so when you get the longer time perspective it's almost like more exciting uh, and, and it also makes you realize that, you know, no matter what you're doing now, even if you think, oh, I'm just spinning my wheels, it's like, well, I'm learning the stuff that's going to pay down the road when I'm doing this, like in five years time and 10 years time and 20 mm. years time. Um, so it makes the whole thing, I think more enjoyable. I think to add on to that is like something that I've been trying to conscious, consciously practice is delayed gratification. And that, and that, that's kind of what Raf's speaking about is like knowing that the work you, I mean, everything these days is so immediate in terms of, you know, action reward, right? You're like, post a photo you immediately get likes you um you're hungry you can like order food and have it delivered in 15 minutes it can be like the most delicious food ever it's like everything is so instant these days that we're training our subconscious mind to have an instant reward and so when you don't get an instant reward for something it feels like you did something wrong or you feel like you're a failure but what you have to practice is like hey this we're going to do this work now and we might not see results ever we actually might go backwards for a while but it's to go ultimately up in the long run. Yeah. And I think that's what a lot of people miss is they want the reward straight away. So they're not willing to take a bit of sacrifice now um, to see the rewards later. And I think the most successful people always understand gr- delayed gratification. They know that the reward's going to be graded down the line. I don't know what that timeline looks like. Sometimes it can be frustratingly long. Sometimes, you know, I thought it'd be six months, but turns out it's two years, but they're, they're willing to, to make that sacrifice. And uh, I think most people just aren't willing to make that sacrifice. They just want that delayed gratification. They would rather have an extra $50,000 a year now, you know, for a salary and work for someone else and not be super happy than build their own future, take less pain now, eat a, eat a bit more shit now, but then have it pay off, you know, and then be, you know, meet up with that other person in 10 years time who's still on that same salary and, you know, has been satisfied and comfortable the whole time. And you've just been fucking eating shit and grinding and frustrated and sleepless nights for 10 years. But now they look at you and they go, fuck, I wish I'd done what you did. And, but at the end of the day, they just weren't willing to, to wait that amount of time. They weren't able to exercise delayed gratification. So something I try and practice every day on a micro scale, um, all the way to like the macro scale with the businesses as well. You know, I was in a conversation uh, a few weeks ago and the gentleman was like, like, man, you know, your, your, your gyms are so successful. You're so successful. Like, um, like, uh, you know, <laughs> how did you get there essentially? Like almost like insinuating that it was easy. Um, and I was like, you know, I've been eating shit for the past seven years, you know, and, and now I'm at a point where, yeah, there is two businesses and there's a team and I can take time off and uh, I can take, you know, an hour and a half to have a conversation with uh, guys like you, but it's because I did eat that shit for that long period of time. Um, and, and, and it's funny, I didn't really have a vision as to where I was going, it was more like, I'm just doing this stuff because I like it, because I'm enjoying this. So many people preach, enjoy the process, enjoy the process. Um, and, and I think a lot of us who are gym owners, who are coaches or uh, higher level performers in some aspect, um, it's just because we enjoy that grind. We enjoy that work and the process of going somewhere and doing, uh, doing something for like ourselves and for other people. So um, you guys, I appreciated this conversation today uh, and, and super humble that you guys gave me some of your time. Uh, we, we did have a little technical difficulties, but we'll edit that out and the people won't even know. Um, guys, where can people follow you at? Where can they learn more about you? I'd love to get some of my listeners over to you guys so they can enjoy your show as well. Mm. Awesome, man. Well, it's the My Muscle Project is the podcast, um, which you can just search for wherever you listen to podcasts. And we do fitness, nutrition episodes on Mondays. Uh, and then we have just Lockie and I on a Wednesday where we do like 
Netflix reviews, um, frequently asked questions or like listen to questions, stuff like that about mm-hmm. all different topics. Um, we'll throw back like our best of our old episodes because we've got years in the bank of good episodes. We'll, we'll bring out on one of those on Thursday. Uh, and then Friday, I mean, if you're into business stuff, the Friday show is um, the one for you because we do like all fitness business topics. And it's really following our journey in growing our gyms, growing our podcasts, everything like that. And we just kind of document how that's all going on that Friday show, um, which we love doing. Yeah, and that will be coming uh, in 2020. We've actually got a huge announcement for the uh, for the listeners. Uh, it's, it's mainly for the business show, I would say. Uh, but we'll, we'll be documenting a journey of a new project that we're starting, uh, which we're very excited about. Um, so we're going to have like a kind of like a season style um, approach to this, um, this new journey that we're about to undertake. Uh, but we're very excited for that. Awesome, man. Excited for you guys. Um, again, I appreciate your time and uh, I'll talk to you guys soon. Thanks, well, thanks Hey, thank you so much for listening to the show today. I know that your time is valuable and I appreciate every minute that you spent with me. If you're new to the show, make sure to hit that subscribe button and to give us a rating and review. This is how we grow the show and make it even more impactful to people that listen to it. Also, don't forget to follow me on Instagram where I post daily motivational content, free training, and nutritional information daily. Lastly, if you've been listening to the show for a while and you're thinking about working with me and my team, go ahead and email me at cody at virtuousfit.com and I'll see you on the next episode.